Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Sarah. Today, we are joined by Todd Mack, co-owner of Foresighted. Foresighted began its journey in 2001 and strives to cultivate communities that enjoy art. Their mission is to bring each of their guests' imagination to life with one-of-a-kind art, custom framing, curated gifts, ephemera, and vintage objects. For all of your custom framing, unique gifts, and handmade greeting card needs, visit Foresighted in Andersonville at 5061 North Clark. Welcome, Todd. It's great to see you. How are you today? Good. How are you guys? It's good we're to doing see you. great. Before we started recording, we were just talking about making a jingle for Foresighted. So maybe we'll share a little bit more we could about that. that. We could do a, a contest. Yes. So Ooh, leave a leave a voicemail with your jingle. Crowdsource. Yeah. Contests are good. Yeah. Well, let's start out by tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get your start in what you're doing now? Well. Um, to not make it a four-hour story, um, I basically started in the world of framing. I'm assuming that's what you mean. Framing um, uh, back in Michigan, like in the late 80s. Uh, my mother found a, um, an ad for me in, a, in something in the art field, which is what I wanted. I want Because I was a waiter. And I didn't know anything about framing. And so I was, just, I was always an art kid. And um, I got the job. And then I got good at the job. And then I left the job to do my own thing. So that's how... Wow, that went down from four hours to very <laughs> succinct. <laughs> well done. And where were uh, you? Where were you a waiter at? Anywhere? Anywhere big noteworthy? Boy, mm. Big boys in a number of just small restaurants, you know, in Michigan. Nice. And had you grown up around small businesses or entrepreneurs, or was opening foresighted kind of your first foray into that? Opening, um, I had a, a gallery in Lansing, Michigan first. So I had that for about seven years. And then I sold that to come to Chicago to do Foresight It. Uh, so I wasn't, I didn't really, I grew up in the suburbs. I did not, I grew up around malls, strip mm. malls. So, um, you know, that's kind of, it deadens the soul a little bit. <laughs> Going back to strip malls in suburbia is just, it numbs my brain. So, um when I did visit small towns that had like a small shopping zone, like a main street, like that's what turned me on. Um, so I think that I'm sure that that's what fed the desire to have a, a shop. Yeah. So you actually went into like the antithesis of what you grew up around. And, exactly. And, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So where did the idea for Foresighted come from? Uh, well, it uh, it started back in well back in Michigan, and um, it just it just kept growing. Um, um, it's it, it just it's hard to describe because it's like you open up a shop. I actually started in the back of an antique shop. I rented space from this girl named Julianne. Um, she owned a store called Foibles, uh, an antique shop, and so she let me rent this ten by ten space um, in the back of her room, and then that grew and then I rented the space next to her and then she went out of business and I rented her space and I knocked the wall down. So it's just kind of like that. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like a, I just never stopped it. <laughs> well, your Andersonville store opened in 2005 and it is the third and largest location of the four sided shops. Why did you choose Andersonville for your third location? Um, it, it's, it pushed all my buttons. It was, uh, it had community, it had walkability, um, it had popularity, um, it had a huge, uh, 
homo component, for lack of a better better term. Um, I do, for some for what for whatever reason, like opening in these areas has always been extremely beneficial to my business businesses. And do you remember what the first week or first few months were like? I remember I've, I've looked at old photographs and it looks like a giant empty room <laughs> compared to what it is now. Cause of course now is like floor to ceiling, everything everywhere all the time. Um, it's just, it, it is amazing to, to look back and think that we were under stress back then, which is, it's just nothing compared to now. It's, it's pretty amazing. And all of your shops are different, but is there something um, that main, mainly differs about the Andersonville location? For example, I know there's vintage and decor items there. Um, is there anything else specifically unique about this location? Well, th- this location, yeah, they all carry a lot of different stuff um, and also a lot of similar stuff. But but the Andersonville, Andersonville location carries the most vintage and antique of all three. Um so that's like a in in the Andersonville location is the one where I'm stationed at the most. So I have the most hands on at the Andersonville location, which is where I prefer to be. Um, yeah. So there's I get to I get to display a lot more. I get to I it's just a lot more hands on at the Andersonville store. And I think you in recent years moved to Andersonville, right? I don't want to get too personal or you know I share sure your. <laughs> Yeah. But what has it been like living and working in the same community? And I'm sure, you know, you can walk to work and all of that stuff. Yeah, I don't walk to work, but I could. Um, Do you segue? No. <laughs> Andy, you can edit that joke out. <laughs> <laughs> I drive my giant car like two minutes to work, so. Yeah. So you recently moved to Andersonville. And just what has it been like for you living and working in the same community? I like living in Andersonville. I used to live in Lakeview. Um, it's I moved out of Lakeview because it was so loud and so busy. Uh, and I'm moving on in life. And I like a, a little quieter uh, situation uh, that, that suits me much better. And, and I do still walk a lot from the house to for groceries, for instance. It's so easy inconvenient I love it so what does a typical day look like for you at the store hmm well uh, I manage a lot of Millennials and my job has become people managing it's evolved into um, uh, keeping a lot of fires out and keeping um, employees happy that's really been the the equation of life basically um, that that needs to be solved uh and so i just keep so i go so a day uh let's see so a day looks like um show up check in with everybody see if they need help uh then i kind of like do my own thing uh i do a lot of uh unpacking antiques Mm -hmm. i do a lot of cleaning frames uh pricing frames getting them out on the floor deciding arrangements to make and uh asking for assistance from people, you know, delegating stuff. That's a, it's a packed day. Have you seen sort of, you know, you mentioned millennials. Have you seen sort of like an evolution of, of people coming through, um, as you staff the store, like maybe not to say too much about personalities or, but have you seen like a work ethic change or, or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I have actually. Um, it's funny you mentioned, so, so the older I get, the more I'm learning, um, 
and I'm, I'm just, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> so, and I've been, I, I clock my progress with people, um, by how good a day everybody had. So, uh, and I've been having a lot of good days. Uh, if people can have fun at work, um, and there's no tears, then that's a good day, you know? And it, it's nice. I, I don't feel like I've had to do a lot of that lately. So something's working better. It's not perfect, but it's working better. And as far as the people go, these kids are, they're just super nice. And they're just like, I get compliments constantly on them. Um, and often I can't see the forest through the trees. So I need to be reminded that these are, you know, these are people who like or hate working here. <laughs> so hopefully I get them to like it. From that experience, do you feel like if you, um, you know, could give one piece of guidance or advice or insight to not only like the millennial generation, but like the young generation that might be creative and might want to do something uh, that feels more like in the entrepreneurial spirit, what would you say? And I kind of asked that question too. We had um, artist Rick McEachern on um, and he'll be, his episode will be aired also leading up to Arts Week. And uh, we asked him like, what would you tell a young artist? And he's like, it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> There's, you know, you got to get up every day early and you have to do, uh, you know, you just work really, really, really hard. It's not all about the art, yeah. but just curious, you know, coming from you as an artist and also a business owner managing a large staff, like what would you pass along? Well, I actually, um, the more advice I can give actually happens a lot. And it comes from artists who come into the store wanting advice. So it, it, on how to like progress their, their career in art. And usually it's people who make prints or cards or candles or whatnot. Um, and they, they just need a lot of help. They need, um, like I, cause I've stumbled through their experience so many times that I'm like, I can cut to the chase for them and, and help them in that manner. Um, we have a lot of employees who are artists who we sell their art, which is nice. Um, we've got, we've got campaigns all the time, like, okay, staff, we're all going to make a Christmas card, you know, something like that. And so we pay them for their design and then we reproduce it. And, um, yeah, so it's a, I get, I get to do that a lot. Give out advice. My favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you go about sourcing the objects found in your store? Uh, well, the antiques, I, I love to go out in the field, um, especially in the summertime. Like just every weekend you can go and hit um, a fair or festival or something like that. Uh, I've been to every antique shop in the five state region in the Midwest. Like I, I'm pretty sure the majority wow. of them. Um, that seems melodramatic, but it's, I really, honestly, we've, I've been to hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, giftware though, that's a, that's a team of buyers. So what used to be just myself going to gift shows, like they have gift shows in New York and Atlanta and whatnot. Um, then I would take buyers with me and then now we have a team of buyers and we all share the responsibility of collecting new things for the store. So it comes in, they come in catalogs, they come and walk in the door, they, uh, we go online and we, but we mostly like to go to the shows where we can touch it and, you know, and tactile, you know, you can hands on. And within this region, like what is one antique shop that you would say, if you're going to go somewhere, you need to go visit this place or maybe like an area that people wouldn't even think of as like a hub of antiquing. 
Uh, well, um, two years ago, we did take a, a U-Haul over to Brimfield, um, not the store, but the place, uh, and that was like a week-long um, antique festival that just goes on for miles, and it was just amazing. I could have spent two weeks there easily collecting things, but uh, that's one good area. There's a lot in Michigan, actually. A lot of good places on the west coast of Michigan, going to and from Detroit, which is kind of where I'm from, suburbs of Detroit. So, yeah, lots of Midwest stuff. And you have an impeccable eye for detail, and you bring together in such a cool way, like pop iconic items with found items. What were your favorite toys growing up, or did you have other hobbies that kind of inform your design aesthetic? I think my mom really gets the credit for uh, the toys that I had, um, because she was throwing magic markers and crayons and anything that you could draw with at me from like since I was four. And then that turned into craft kits, like make Christmas ornaments, make, you know, pan painted wooden things, you know, just, I was constantly doing a project in the house. And, um, so there wasn't really like a football toy. There was more like anything that was like a creative outlet my mother really pushed like she had me in art classes early and so she's responsible for that nice way to go mom yeah so Todd can you talk more about the process of framing uh, framing is all done in-house correct that's correct so yeah we do framing at two locations of our three um, all done in-house so we uh, so people come in the best case scenario is for people to come in if you come in and like pull up your artwork on your phone it's just like it's not helping anybody <laughs> and everyone likes to do that these days so bring it in um, it's a free quote we'll spend as much time as you need but what happens is um, instinct sort of takes over um, I often say do you have an idea or do you want an idea and like they almost always say they want an idea and so and then we just go for it and um, we end up with a design I answer all their questions, um, make them feel comfortable with it, and that pretty much works, you know? Come back when it's done. Um, yeah. So for some, having art custom framed is too expensive. Do you have any cost-saving recommendations for folks? Yes. Um, so we offer a wide palette of framing. So we have your standard um, off-the-wall custom framing, which is which is very congruent, congruent with every other frame shop in, in, um, in Chicago. But we have oh, a special small section that is uh, our, our cheapest section. My partner hates when I say cheap. Our least expensive section. <clears throat> it's still high quality. I have plenty of prints framed in my house with that. So thank you, Laura. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So uh, I I often defer to that that column on the wall. That's the the least expensive in the store. Um, they're they're workhorses. You know, they work out just fine. Um, and then then everything else is just sort of normal priced. So. Um, but the one thing that we do do is we offer vintage frames and that always saves money no matter what, like 99.9% .9 of the time you're going to like the, the money you're saving by using a vintage frame buys the rest of your stuff. So there are definitely options for people who are worried about the wallet for sure. 
So Foresighted is a presenting sponsor for the 16th annual Andersonville Arts Week, which is coming up September 12th through the 16th. And we understand that your own artwork will be featured this year. Can you talk about that and what projects you're working on currently? So selfish. I'm going to be the artist at my own store. Um, be exciting. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so last year I did... It's going to be similar but different from last year. So uh, this year I've got some um i'm doing some ephemeral cutouts of of faces again with some with some word art which i love to do it seems like uh, i veered into word art later in life that's kind of like all i do now um i've got a small collection of vintage paper cutters that i'm putting words on that will hang on the wall they're very heavy you know those they're like wooden with a big chopper on it um they're just beautiful to me old wood is 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 pushes my buttons i love it um and those just hang by themselves well i attach a hook to it so okay that, um, yeah yeah but it is it's yeah, like a naked like, thing yeah on the wall. Right. it's like a 3d object but, nice um but i have to make sure that young people don't come up and chop their finger off though i have to like wire it shut for the show uh so yeah stuff is in the way i haven't started anything yet because i do everything like two weeks the two week period before the show so like i just I, i'm building it in my head but uh, I really crank it out when when the, when the pressure's on. That's when I work the best. And have you always had your own art in your shops, or has that been something that's kind of evolved more recently? Oh, no, it's always been there. Yeah. Always, always. Yeah, from day one. Have you created a particular piece um, that's been most meaningful to you? Uh, one, one of my faves was the one that got on HGTV. It was the... Um, uh, I don't know, like television makes everything worth more, right? Um, it was the one where uh, where I put all the the words that identify Chicago, like Magnificent Mile and Grant Park and those kinds of things in white letters. It was all white on white shadow boxing. Mm -hmm. And that turned into like a big phase of doing that for many clients. Um, and one, I did the, um, the Breakfast Club quote at the very end where, um, I forget his name, the brain writes the letter to the to the principal <clears throat> that one was cool i'm a big breakfast club fan and what's the story behind that being picked up by hgtv oh um Vern yip who used to trading places spaces right yeah trading yeah spaces yeah he was hosting a show and he um he was redoing a um a chicago loft or something like that and um so he was uh d filming like all of his resources so i was just i was one of his resources so Nice. It was very exciting. Very exciting time. So who do you look uh, to for inspiration? Do you have a favorite artist or a photographer? Um, most of my inspiration is like no-namers. Like when I see it out in the field, like at a, at a gallery or a, um, an antique shop, like I just, I find inspiration not so much in um, a single person, but I find... I find inspiration in collections of objects. So like in an antique show and somebody has a pile of silverware, that's just, I'm obsessed with that. Like I, I like, I like, m like massive amounts of the same thing. I that's think cool. I bought, um, shell case, a whole bunch of shell casings from you, yeah. uh, during a sidewalk sale one year. I still have them all. I'm still waiting to the bullet shell case, bullet shell casings. Oh yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, the brass are, ones. Yeah. Those are amazing. And I have them all. Right. Um, yeah, but I also have, I don't know if you are familiar because you're not a parent, but the, um, the applesauce tops, the, like, they look like the, um, the wings 
the flyers from mm-hmm. the trees and stuff like that. I have like hundreds of those saved that I'm like wanting to turn into. So you're a hoarder. So I'm a hoarder. <laughs> I'm a hoarder. I'm a, I won't I'm admit a happy hoarder. that because um, I, I like very clean minds, but I will have boxes of stuff like that. It so. helps if you can sell the things that you hoard sometimes. So there's an advantage to that. And when you walk into Foresighted, there is so much Chicago pride. And I mean, there's, you could kind of, there's like Midwest pride as well, or you can really gravitate towards any state and do like the States in Love art pieces. But um, like, what is your favorite thing even about Chicago? And do you enjoy kind of like showcasing and highlighting Chicago so much in your store? I like well it sells that's one thing but um but it's also it is a source of pride I do love to incorporate the flag into which so many artists do um incorporate flags into art like that's just it's it's not only easy but you can do it a billion different ways you know and I try to like get away from normal on it um so I I do do love Chicago and try to support it I feel like we're lucky with our flag. Right. It could be it's so really much worse. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Totally lucky. So what was it like being featured on the back cover of this year's 2018-19 Andersonville Neighborhood Guide? I know that you had participated in the past, but you were really on board with us as we went on the journey of like revamping it and kind of taking a new direction with it. So um, how, how was that for you? And has anybody asked for your autograph on it yet? <laughs> Uh, yes, one person did, and it was a little mortifying. (laughs) Yeah, we were at, uh, we were at the little cafe. It's called, um, it's Greek to you. And, um, so a friend of mine had organized this, uh, a gentleman's dinner at, um, like about 10 or 12 of us, like sitting at a long table and we were the only ones in the restaurant and my partner Gino and I were sitting in the middle and the, 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 the guide had just come out and, um, the owner of the restaurant realized Vicky. Like that, who we were, yeah. And she said, "Oh my God, my mother loves your loves your story. Will you please sign our." It was it was mortifying. <laughs> it was That's so, amazing, but it was so funny. and I love that it was both you and Gino there, and uh-huh. you're both pictured on the back of the. Guide. So we both signed it. Nice. <laughs> it was hysterical. Uh, yeah, but it, it, it's so nice the 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 guide. Everyone loves it, and I have to, but I had to put a free sign on it because I think people thought that they had to pay for it, but now they take it very willingly. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, we've heard that from a few other shopkeepers. So your holiday... You guys did too good of a job on that. (laughs) So your holiday displays at the store are like no other. What were the holidays like for you growing up and what do they look like now? Ooh. Again, mom. um, That was a special uh, time of year at the house because my mother at one point just let me do all of it. I think, or the majority of it, because um, I just got into dis- display early. That's just how, that's just where it started. And I still have those memories of those mercury balls, like looking in the, the blue and the pink ones um, on the tree. That's just such a, that's a very, very nostalgic thing for me, like decorating for Christmas. So, and it, you can just do so many different things. And like, it's just limitless. I love your decorations every year. And like, it's one of those times where you're like, less is not more. More is more. <laughs> like we need more decorations and more color. And um, what, how do you like, do you, you can decorate barely walk at home the store. with like just one color on your tree or do you? I don't have a tree at home. Okay. I don't, I don't decorate. Yeah. I put a wreath on the door. 
Yeah. But yeah, all my, all my energy goes into the stores. So I have none left by the time I go home. Well, we have you to thank for our collection of pink trees and blue trees and gold trees, all that are down in my basement awaiting December to come. So. Oh my God. It sounds like you have a, a color forest. Yes. Of trees. Nice. So besides being an artist and owner of Foresighted, has there ever been another career you've wanted to try out? Um, yeah, I got this question recently. Uh, uh, I would excel at cake decorating. I know I would be so good at that. Um, and anything with animals, I would, you know, when I was, when I was like five, I wanted to be a vet and then that changed, but, um, I've always wanted to do something in the, with dogs, you know, um, but I can support them in other ways. Well, the so. great, I think the great Chicago Bake Off is coming to Chicago at the Wilson Abbey. So maybe we can sign Todd up for that. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to bake anything. I just want to decorate it. <laughs> <laughs> the final products. So with that, um, is there an Andersonville business you would want to trade places with for the day? Hmm. Interesting. Um... Transistor, I would. That would be interesting. I love this store. <laughs> Good answer. Who else? Roost is wonderful. Love Roost. Uh, he's got my respect on that. Uh, I don't know. We got a bunch of good ones. Uh, my final question is, since you've opened in 2005, a lot just changed south of Foster, mm -hmm. which some people call SoFo in Andersonville or South Andersonville. I don't know. We can come up with a really good name. But um, yeah, what has that been like? And what are uh, some of your favorite new neighbors south of Foster? Oh, um, well, Marguerite Gardens left. That was sad, but it was replaced by the the great people from across the street from the old bodega. Um, so that's been nice. Yeah. It's been, uh, the constant change has been interesting. Um, with milk and honey, uh, they're awesome. Um, with, uh, Baroma, such a great attraction. That place is kicking it. Um, and across the street too, the Jets pizza and dollop, like these, these are all like recent additions and, um, people are walking south of Foster, and it's great. Um, our weekends are amazing. People don't care that it's a little off the path. Um, the construction, we could all, we're all looking forward to the end of that. <clears throat> um, yeah, by the time this podcast airs, the construction better be over <laughs> because it's going, been going on for a very long time. But even if it's not or just oh over, God. like... Yeah, get south of Foster and go give some love to those businesses because they've been dealing with a brutal construction season. Yeah, and Wooden year. Spoon, seriously, like they are the closest to the, the epicenter of that right now. And they have a billion tiny objects that collect dust, just like we do. It's the dust. Right. The dust is the real problem. Yeah. So, but yeah, we look forward to the, an improved street. Well, Todd, um, I've lived at Carmen and Ashland for, gosh, how many years now? The past um, eight years. So, and, and Foresighted has been 
a go-to place for me for all of these years. It's my uh, nephew's favorite place to shop. Like we can't walk by there without going in and picking something up and he just loves it so much. I love when young kids love the shop. Yeah. So uh, thank you for what you've created there. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here and thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Foresighted, please visit foresighted.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Foresighted Chicago. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.